aside from having to talk to me, how's your day going? Because I, I know, you know, high points and low points talking to me, but how's your day? Hey, that's why you an award-winning guy, you know what I mean? You know what? My day's been going well, man. It's just, I'm in, I'm in the process right now of building a home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, going back, the attention to detail on every aspect really chaps my ass, but, you know, I'm here for it. So that's the reason why I continue to fight a good fight day in and day out, because every day is different. But I appreciate you asking. You have such a multifaceted life where very few people can have a Hall of Fame caliber career on top of being a successful broadcaster and podcaster, on top of being a philanthropist that has their own charity. At this point in time, how do you like to be thought of? Is there a title or a job that you like to be thought of or described as? I'm a renaissance man. Like I got a great appreciation for a little bit of everything. You know, you know, most times, you know, I grew up in a small town, mm-hmm. Sandersville, Georgia, shout out to everybody back in Waco. But, you know, what I really can appreciate is just seeing different cultures, you know, mm-hmm. how people react to certain situations, seeing how people grow up and how they value different things. And what I think the big thing, the reason why I am the way that I am is because I, I saw a gap in need in my life that I always wanted to change and I realized or it was made aware to me just for my people, my family that, hey, it's a choice. You can get whatever you want. It just all depends on what you're willing to give up. And mm-hmm. that was the attitude. That was the mentality. So for me, that's why if I have such a great appreciation for, you know, I understand the way that rural people think coming from small towns. I understand the way that people come from Bigger cities, making Augusta, you look at Atlanta, even mm-hmm. bigger cities like New York, like that's a melting pot of people. Even Barcelona, London, spent time there. So well-versed in a lot of different areas, my friend. Of sure. Uh, of course you are. And when it comes to your career, I really admire how you invented, reinvented yourself as a broadcaster. And by that, I mean, when I was growing up as a, NFL fan as a kid, you were just a football player, you know, a star football player. You were a football player. Your number was the number that you went for for the rest of your life. You went by. So in your case, you know, broadcasting for Sky and NBC and the SEC network, when was it that you realized that you were such a great speaker, such a, a charismatic broadcaster? You know what I, I, when did I realize that? I don't know if I, I I knew it after year two playing in Cincinnati. I decided to sign on for this radio show. Mm-hmm. And I really felt like year one, year two was going to be different than year one, meaning we lost so many games. We went three and 13. Yeah. The next year we ended up going four and 12. But I went to this radio and I did, I was dreading it, man. Like Darren, I really was dreading it. Mm-hmm. And what I learned from doing it was it was therapeutic. And I, I felt like I was authentic and I was just me being the person who I am. So that's when I learned. But when I really started to embrace it is as I got older throughout my career, because, you know, it, when it was made to brought to my attention that 
you know what, man? You can make a pretty damn good living doing what you're doing now, just talking about the game and don't put your body through right. so much stress. So I embraced it at that time period and and it really just kind of grew and a lot of manifestation, putting in the work, being consistent. And that's that's how I kind of grew into the mold of who I am now. When they gave you that first radio appearance opportunity, was it because everyone else said no or somebody was pranking you or setting you up? Or was it the opposite where somebody saw the potential in you and went, you should try this? It was the potential came through as translated. It was, I really appreciate the story. Like I never heard that perspective. And then that word perspective kept coming around, coming around. And for me, I didn't look at it that way. It was simply just sharing the way that I saw it, which is also perspective. And to make it relatable for somebody who goes into a work office and put in eight hours a day compared to somebody who goes and put eight hours in at an athletic facility. So the relatability for sure just kind of bridged and married everything well, both of those together. Right. Well. The podcast is happening. The first time you podcasted was 2019, correct? Yep, 2019. Yeah, we started okay. it. We started in 2019, and and um, that was the, a few months right before COVID. We mm -hmm. started it during, you know, during the football season, and I was like, you know what, I got something to say, and I just want to say it. So myself, Tuton Reyes, good close friend of mine, my business partner. We were like, man, let's do it and, and let's commit to it. And so we did it and the pandemic happened mm. and it was like, wow. So now what? Because it was gaining traction. So we had to reinvent the wheel when it comes to understanding how people consume their information, where mm -hmm. do they want to consume it and what do they really enjoy hearing? And so that was the reason why Behind the Mask podcast was created because we knew we had a very expertise, a very good niche at being able to share untold stories, unfiltered, that come around or just that were created inside of the locker room. And also just talking about familyhood, uh, business ventures, social issues, real talk as if people were just listening to us talk as if we're just in the locker room. Yeah, I admire that also, that you were talking about a variety of topics in your everyday life, in your real life, and not just football. The average person thinks that football players just talk about football, but isn't the reality that you talk about 1% or less of football and all your time with other football players? You talk about everything except football? Yeah, and <laughs> that's the like that's the, the hidden jewel yeah. that when people tune in, it's like, wow, I thought it was going to be just ball, ball, ball. Like, listen, I love ball just as much as anybody. Yeah. But like we everyday people too, like the same way you get up and you don't feel like getting up, putting your pants on and like, I don't want to wear this because we go through the same stuff every day. And yeah. so that's what we try to make sure is communicated. That's what we try to make sure that we relate through our messaging is you know, we're everyday people, but we feel like we want to bring you inside our little huddle because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, everybody got a mask. Darren, you know that more than anybody. Good. Everybody oh. has a mask on and it's up to a friend or somebody who's close 
to get close to them and say, you know what? Let's pull down the mask and see who you really are. What are you really going through? And then maybe not only will you help yourself therapeutic, just talking it out, but you can help somebody else just with your perspective. And so that's how it really kind of came together, how we serve it each and every time. Another thing about you, you said Renaissance man up top and you were not kidding. You have an MBA. Most people yeah. I know don't have an MBA. Was that one of the harder things that you had to do, one of the bigger challenges in your life? It, I wouldn't say it was tough going back. Once I got into the groove, I realized this is where I was supposed to be. And that really started from taking advantage of some of the programs that the NFL offered while I was in, while I was still playing in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had to write letters to be accepted to go into the business school of Wharton yeah, to take executive education classes. So I was so interested and I felt like, you know, my, I walked in with my cup empty, but when I came out, I had some knowledge in it. it wasn't full. So for me, it was like, all right, let me see, can I find another way to take another one? So then I went to Wharton. Then after I left Wharton, I felt like it was three quarters full. So then I went to Stanford and took some executive education education classes there. And Mm -hmm. so for me, that led me going back to school. And then so me and a couple of my homeboys, we all talked about it. So we challenged each other and we all went back. And it was a very, I mean, enlightening process just because it was things that you went through in life that was very applicable to Mm -hmm. not only what you were taught, but like just. You know, when you're older, you go through business deals and you Mm -hmm. start to see why certain things matter, how versus using QuickBooks and to rely on QuickBooks, how can you make a T-chart and be able to group all of your expenses and make sure that everything balances up to where you are QuickBooks versus then you needing QuickBooks, you know? So, you know, understanding all of that, man, it was a, a great, great insight, great opportunity. I'd have to imagine that your professional goals have evolved in recent years, having an MBA, broadcasting on your own terms as a broadcaster, broadcasting for major organizations, making appearances, having these business deals. What do your goals for the future look like? Or are you, are you even allowed to say, you know, some people have that vision board and will tell anyone and other people go, you just have to wait and see. I mean, I think people, the best is yet to come. And I've accomplished a lot of things. The biggest thing that I would want people to know is versus me, I went back to school to understand business and to see how it's constructed. So now I'm perfecting business on an everyday level, every Mm -hmm. day. But I think what I want people to really see is, yeah, I'm a businessman, but I am a business man. You know, uh, what I mean? like so, that. That's the Jay-Z line business. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Jay. So, you know, I think that's what I really gained from going back to school and just yeah. understanding leverage and being able to uh, use that leverage to your ability and, and, and be able to make a good living off of it. What you're talking about with your journey of going back and getting that business degree Uh, The rock band Guns N' Roses, the bass player Duff McKagan was a high school dropout who went back to business school and they basically said, 
uh, you have to have a college degree to go here. And he went and got his GED. And then they never thought he was going to do that. And he went and he studied in class. And ultimately, here he is sitting in class and people are going, aren't you the bassist in Guns N' Roses? And every now and then they bring in something to be autographed and he'd sign it. In your case, I'd have to imagine people were recognizing you in your MBA classes. Yeah, I mean, it was because actually we actually had it was several athletes inside of the classroom. Uh, it was another program that was started. But the cool thing was to be able to walk on campus and took it at the University of Miami, the U, and you see actual football players. If you're an analyst or, you know, uh, if you're a broadcast analyst, you yeah. see the guys and they look at you and like, man, what you doing here? I'm like, <laughs> the same reason you're here. Yeah. I'm getting my degree, MBA. So that was cool. And then you meet, you know, you, you go to the little mixers. Um, you do case studies and you have people to come in and present, okay, this is how I started my business. I was faced with these two options. I'm going to come back in one day. You guys tell me which one did I take and why did you take it? Mm -hmm. You know, that was this priceless, priceless. So I, I just took all of that and just made it applicable to my life. Well, the last question I have for you, because you've been so generous with your time is everyone knows the best podcast in the world is behind the mask obviously yeah but, yeah yeah but do you have a, a podcast or a tv show that you can recommend to people besides behind the mask to people looking for a new show or series to dig into i don't look at much tv you know it, it's, it's intentional if i do and that's just straight for entertainment mm -hmm. um you know what I like? I like to do a lot of reading. Hmm. And this book, it's a few books that I would recommend. Um, you definitely can pick up my photography coffee table book, Behind the Mask. Volume one was dedicated to some of the greatest linebackers that ever played the game. And I got them sharing their story. Mm -hmm. How did they become great? And not only did I do all of the photography in it, but I wrote it as well. So that's one, but I would say for me, I'm a spiritual guy. So the purpose driven life is one that I kind of put on repeat. It's, it's a reminder to, to remind me of it's necessary steps and it's levels to everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And let's get grounded and, and recharge and plug because oftentimes you pour into so many people that you need to be recharged yourself. So for me, I think that's a good ground base for anybody who can be able to utilize the book and then um, go out and make it applicable to their everyday life. Well said. And will we be getting a volume two eventually of the book? Yeah, we, we will one day. We, we will. Uh, I would love to do that. I was actually working on it. The reason why we never got it was because the pandemic hit. And so I was in the midst of doing volume two running backs. So uh, definitely be on the lookout for that now since we have some type of, I guess, some regular sense of normalcy now back in action. For sure. Well, to recap, amazing podcaster that I'm talking with, hell of a broadcaster, Hall of Famer in the very near future. If, if, if I were Indeed. voting, that would be the case. Philanthropist. 
MBA. Yeah, it just never ends with you. So I'm looking forward to whatever's to come from you in the near future. And thank you for your time. Darren, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Outrocast. Joe, aside from having to talk to me, uh, how is your day going so far? It's going very, very well. Um, this is my second time to Poland now, first time in Warsaw. Um, I'm excited for the show tomorrow. And yeah, I'm just I'm reflecting on uh, a really, really eventful year. Feeling very grateful about it. So I'm in a good place. Thank you. Yes, you are a champion in Impact Wrestling, which is fantastic. You've held the belt now for about two months. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. That makes you a long reigning champion in my eyes. So when everyday people meet you, do they have to call you champ? Um, <clears throat> you know, as long as they, as long as they announce that they believe in some way, shape or form in Joe Hendry, I'm cool with that. You know, I'm a humble guy. You know this. Yes. Humble guy, but you can back up all the hype, which is fantastic. And I think that you're a lot of people's favorite wrestler of the moment, because not only are your matches always very exciting, but the music element, we don't usually get a lot of wrestlers who are great at music, who are great at video content, who are also great on the microphone. You are, hey, take the compliment, the total package. Thank you very much. That, that means a lot. It's, um, it feels very, um, I don't know if vindicating is, is the right word, but basically I've, I've had these principles about wrestling and entertainment for a long time now. And, you know, it's weird. The, the moment I just kind of decided to focus all my energy on creating the best product possible, focusing on entertaining the fans uh, as best as I possibly could, Mm -hmm. and worrying less about the destination the destination came like that you know it was it was so crazy um i it's so wild to look at where i was a year ago to where i am now um and the amazing thing is now i i can't you know i think the last time i was this passionate about wrestling was when i first started in 2013 mm -hmm. and you know the reason is it's like i'm sharing locker rooms with you know legends in the game who because you know the thing is it's like you know if i'm wrestling in you know the uk or scotland like a lot of the time you know and i'm you know not to toot my own horn here we've already covered that i'm extremely <laughs> humble but i'm often often you know top guy on the show so it's like it, mm -hmm. you can always learn stuff from other people but it's good to be learning stuff from people who have been doing what i want to do and they've been where i've wanted to be for a very long period of time you know it's like i uh you know, very fortunate. We've got an incredible creative team, uh, Impact Wrestling, who I'm just a sponge, um, you know, just soaking up all the information that I can. It feels amazing to collaborate with uh, the creative team. Uh, I haven't really been able to collaborate in 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 this way before, so it's, it's really fun. I'm learning from that aspect of things all the time. You know, we've got... Um, you know, on our creative team, we've got, there's obviously Scott Demore, we've got Robert Evans, we've got Jimmy Jacobs, who are just like, you know, just real sources of, of knowledge for me. Um, right. And so, you know, a lot of the time, what I love is the, the creative process. It's like, I'll go to the shows and, you know, my, I really have to, Robert and Jimmy have put a lot of effort into helping me take, you know, take what, what was kind of like, 
there was something there and then let's build it and and you know uh put it across on on tv as best we can so that's been that's been amazing from that perspective right. also from like an in-ring perspective you know um i feel like tommy dreamer is kind of taking me under his wing as well and and tommy's really very good at a lot of the things that i need to work on the most and you know on the other side of things it's like you know the other day i was just kind of discussing um you know move sets and ideas that i had with uh, chris saban and alex shelley and it's, it's one of those things that you don't want to miss people out because there'll be like you know 50 other people have collaborated with in some way but right. i'm just you know it, it's so cool to be you know it'll be 10 years in in january i started trading in 2013 and just still feel like you know um, it was just there were so many years where it just felt like, you know, the same, the same, the same. But whereas now it's like I just feel like I'm becoming a better performer every every day, every show, and it's very exciting. You know, all I'm focused on Great. is just being the best I can be. Well, as we talked about, you are in Poland right now, and you're wrestling for Impact, which is generally U.S. based and Canada based as well. And we regularly yep. see you on UK shows. You're one of the few people that's really touring the world regularly as a as a wrestler these days. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 weird how that works out. I just, you know, people often say to me, they're like, "Oh man, do you do you fly like across every time?" And I do. Like, I you know, I had uh, to do the last Impact tapings. I had six flights, you know. <laughs> so, but the thing is, it's like, come on, we're doing our dream. I'm doing my dream job in right. my dream company. And, you know, okay, I got to sit on my ass and watch a movie for a little bit. You know, who's complaining, you know? So it's one of those things, like, I feel extremely fortunate to to be doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I think one of the great things, and I just want to be clear, I had a really positive time at Ring of Honor. Um, and one of the, the great things about how tough the last year was for me to get to this point is, with you know the pandemic wrestling was really taken away from me you know I'd, I'd lost i'd lost all my kind of uh wrestling opportunities as as a lot of wrestlers but um i really had to start from zero again and that made me appreciate it on a whole new level i completely reinvented myself in my act and yeah. I'd, i like to think if that hadn't happened and i hadn't have had that challenge i wouldn't be the performer that i am today I feel like I'm 10 times better. I'm 10 times the performer I was, you know, a couple of years ago. I've really put in the work. And I think that just having those challenges and having it taken away from me caused me to appreciate it that much more. So, you know, being here in Poland, you know, one of the reasons that like Poland is a bit of a focus for me right now is with PTW, you know, you've probably seen it yourself, like the production values are off the chart. You know, mm -hmm. I'm excited about the prospect and, in being involved you know i would like to be involved with helping develop the local talent here in poland as well i think that poland poland has the potential to be a real hot spot for wrestling so um i'm excited about that i think uh ptw have a very professional product mm -hmm. and you know it's exciting to be able to bring the digital media championship here for the first time you know it's, it's i can't say for certainty but it's probably the first time an impact title has been you know defended in poland but we're excited about that and um yeah it just it just feels like it's an exciting time where anything can happen right so you were prominently in the music world before finding success as a wrestler and it's turned out to be one of those things where it's fantastic that 
you not having success in music led to where you are now. When well, that, did you, sorry, carry on. Well, we now kind of expect a great intro or a great in-ring walk or presentation most of the time you come to the ring. It, it becomes this pressuring kind of thing like, oh, how is Joe going to regularly top this? How much preparation is needed for the content creation now part of your career? Because let's face it, a lot of wrestlers just have to stay in shape and keep their bodies healthy, but they don't have to stay interesting and funny and content oriented as well. Um, so I guess with music, it's like that thing The Rock says about his NFL career. It's like sometimes not achieving that dream is the, the best thing that never happens to you, you know? Um, I often find in wrestling, it's the skills that you have outside of wrestling that will get mm -hmm. somebody over. So when people are asking me about when they should get into wrestling, I can only speak from my own experience and I actually encourage them not, you know, you don't have to get into wrestling, you know, on your 16th or your 18th birthday. I think it is, is very beneficial to go out there, get some life experience, get some, you know, um, get your life sorted out in, to some degree, you know, because um, you don't want to rely fully on wrestling. But yeah, it's interesting, the twists and turns. I'm, I'm a great believer that life's a, a journey. And, you know, I often thought that I'd failed at music for a long time. But, you know, it was my mum that reminded me that's not the case because that's a big part of what I do. So it's really mm -hmm. just training for, for what I'm doing now. With regards to, like, the custom entrances and stuff, like, I think a lot of it was a, you know, you'd always think, like, I didn't do them for like three years or something. It's so crazy, like looking back that I, I didn't do them for quite a while. But I look, I look back at that and I remember there was one time, it was actually what inspired me to do it again, was there, I did a podcast and it was uh, Grado's podcast, uh, Wrestling mm -hmm. Daft. And, the, and his um, co-host, Robert Florence, was saying, you know, you, I remember when your videos used to go viral, you know, a couple of years ago. And that just hit me and I was like, oh, man. I, I don't know if I could do it again now. and I needed to prove it to myself and I have done it again many times now and mm -hmm. I just I, I know what I'm doing with that with the, the custom entrances like no one can do what I do with that like I've got it to the point now where yes you know it's if it's the night before so what if it's a few hours before so what like that you know the Scotty Too Haughty one that got really over recently like that was yeah, literally that was a great one I, I finished yeah I finished teaching my class at like 10 p.m. on a Friday night. Yep, see you later, everybody. Um, get out the camera, got the mask all printed out and stuff, start filming at like 10.30, wrap the filming at midnight, go home, edit it till about 3 in the morning, go to sleep, you know, wake up, whatever I got to do, maybe a couple more hours editing, get it done, off to the promoter and hit the road, you know? It's just, uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I've got it down now, I feel. The Big Joe one, Hey, very <laughs> underrated as well. I, I had been I had been wanting to do that for uh, for a long time, and it was funny. Like I, I wrestled for uh, I was I wrestled for Progress Wrestling a couple times, and I actually offered them before I, I got the OTT book, and I offered them that, but um, they didn't want it. So you know what? That that's uh, fair enough. So I thought, all right, you know what? I actually, again, I think it, it maybe worked out for the best because I think the the OTT yeah. audience perfect for that so yeah i got the ott booking and then uh yeah that's how that's how we did it i kind of originally i thought the 
prog I, I was pretty confident the progress wrestling fans were going to hate me so that was me just kind of like i just wanted to, i would have done it in a way that was like just rubbing salt in the wounds about the fact that i was there uh whereas like we did it in a slightly different way um on ott show fantastic well <laughs> down to three quick questions and then i'm gonna let you go and the first question is now that we think of you as a music person and people want to hear music from you do you think that we'll get a full-length album of original music in the near future i mean it makes a lot of sense you know what i mean it makes a lot of sense like it's kind of it's kind of weird that i haven't done it already you know i think it's just my problem is i'm a bit of a perfectionist with that thing and i need to just kind of let go and realize that you shoot for excellence not perfection that's why i think i've had success in wrestling and not in music because in music you can just work on an album for 10 years and never release it whereas in wrestling you kind of just got to have the match and then if it goes well excellent if it doesn't you learn from it and you move on and that really is the best way to do things Outro cast. <laughs>